Hi, everyone. Welcome to Extra Help with Inside Schools. I'm Tom Liam Lynch. In the last couple days, reports have come out about security and privacy issues with video conferencing service Zoom. As you might recall from previous episodes, Zoom is being widely used throughout New York City schools currently as a means for teachers to instruct students in response to the COVID-19 crisis. You can read all about the technical details in recent articles, which I'll link to in the show notes. The gist of it is that Zoom appears to share hidden data with Facebook and goes around some of Apple's security safeguards for software. All of this got me concerned as a parent and as a former teacher. So I tried a little experiment this morning, and I'm more alarmed than ever. Yeah, here's the experiment. So my son has uh, classes on Google Classroom, and the teacher has uh, been using Zoom, as many, 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 many schools are throughout the city, in order to to meet with folk with uh, students throughout the day. And so, you know, I get notifications from Classroom. So I took the Zoom link, and I said, "All right, if this is the exact link that my son gets, um, you know, I wonder if I could access this class without." being you know authorized to do so so i went to my web browser and i opened up uh, an incognito window or a private browsing window and what that does is that disables greatly like a lot of the fancy stuff that remembers who you are so like they're called cookies and other things like that um, and so for the browser the browser really didn't know who i was at that particular moment and so i pasted the link to my son's video conference in there on zoom and sure enough, it launched Zoom. It asked me to identify myself. So I typed in the name guest. Um, I hit, you know, login or whatever it was, join the meeting. And sure enough, there I was in my son's class. There were 20 other uh, students present at the moment. There were images, video, um, first name and last name for many of the students. Um, and it was all uh, super, super easy, disturbingly so. Um, I obviously logged out immediately. Um, But the episode got me really, really concerned. Um, You know, again, I had no business being in that class, and I wasn't prompted to put in any sort of security code. Um, It didn't ask me to log in or have any credentials. Um, I simply had the link. um, And in theory, anybody else in the world who had the link at that particular moment could have joined the call as well. This is not any sort of, um, you know, criticism of, you know, the teachers or the schools involved. Um, In fact, they're doing pretty much what they've been um, what they've been asked to do, which is to make online learning work. And Zoom has been presented um, as a as a tool for doing so. Um, However, what it does also show is that there's there's some real concerns here. Um, So let me back up for a moment. Some of what you might have seen in headlines recently um, has to do with something they call Zoom bombing, um, which is where, you know, in the middle of a, of a Zoom meeting with lots of, of folks on it, there, someone who's not invited to the meeting will show up and they can do all sorts of things. Um, most notably, they can present their screen which might have something offensive on it, or they can present like a whiteboard kind of thing and they can write words. There's all sorts of things that, th- that can be done. And if the person who's running the meeting isn't anticipating that or doesn't know how to respond to it or hasn't put certain checks in place to prevent it, um, then everyone is sort of forced to witness and experience whatever it is that this Zoom bomber um, is, uh, is, is choosing to do at that moment. Um, there's, you know, the... F- fact that you can actually see students f- 
faces. These are miners, remember, miners' faces, um, and in many cases, their names. If you wanted to hang out, you could listen and learn more about them um, if, uh, if, if the spirit moved you, I guess. Um, it's also possible to take an image of the Zoom meeting of a child, let's say, and to conduct an image search and to see if that, you know, if that reveals more information um, about that specific child. Um, so what we're talking about here is actually a super serious. Um, the term Zoom bombing and that kind of more pop cultural kind of example that we're hearing in headlines, like that kind of, it almost, it sounds almost cute. <laughs> uh, it makes a little light of actually the seriousness of what we're talking about here. Um, we're talking about um, young people, minors, who are being required to use a service that is inherently insecure and is, you know, is akin to, you know, being required to go to school and there to be like really no security or doors closing or anything like that, but rather anybody can come in um, at any time into the child's classroom and and observe you know observe what they like, um, you know. In addition to just having real concerns about that as a parent, obviously, um, there's also just at a more of like a policy level too. There's questions around uh, FERPA violations. FERPA is the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act of 1974. And, you know, you'll often hear when you're talking or reading about state ed or uh, large districts, like FERPA is always a concern in terms of what's happening with student educational data and privacy. Um, you know, and this certainly could stir up some questions in terms of like, you know, FERPA and how it, and, and how it might... Uh, uh, violate students' privacy. Um, so that's the that's the example. That's the illustration, and that's like some of the immediate kind of implications of it. Um, in addition to that, let me just like, describe a little bit of like how like we actually got here in New York City. I also say that knowing that as the podcast has been gaining in popularity over the last couple of weeks, that there are also listeners who um, who are tuning in from other parts of the country. And if you're in other other parts of the country, then I would argue that these you know these these things I'm going to share here actually could have. Um, direct implications to for your own settings. Um, and so, you know, keep an eye out for that, whether it's, you know, you're currently dealing with the COVID crisis or if it's something that you you see coming. So the one of the main things I think here is is like we that we need to kind of acknowledge and 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 state is that there's been very little guidance actually when it comes to the quality of digital learning from the Department of Education headquarters here in New York City. Um, they've had other things that they've been doing um, for sure. There's been a lot of concern around device um, distribution, for example, um, and what it means to ensure that everyone has devices. Um, you know, there's also been some, you know, some focus initially placed on ensuring that during COVID-19 that there's meal distributions for families throughout the city, students in particular, and also the establishment of regional enrichment centers uh, where the children of like first responders and other essential personnel, like can, you know, they can drop off their kids and, and they can be, they can be taken care of. So all of that's really important. However, there's been very little in terms of like you know, how to go about digital learning well in the city schools. And based on conversations I and the team have had with teachers, principals, parents, others in this, in this, in the, in that world, it really seems like the message has been like each school kind of needs to figure it out on their own. And there are some, you know, recommended tools that can be used and the ones that bubble to the surface. So there wasn't like a press release that said everybody will be using Zoom and Google Classroom is Zoom and Google Classroom. 
Um, and you know what's happening now with Zoom, where there's some major privacy and security concerns. This is something actually that could have been seen coming um, from from quite a distance um, if there was an expert on digital learning at the helm, or at least informing the strategy of the Department of Education. Um, the the part of what you see with Zoom is that it's super easy to log into, right? That there's like no barriers. It's so easy to use. It works so great. Well, it's like it works so great um, because it's not actually putting in place any basic security features to ensure that the actual conversation you're having is private. Um, and, you know, and again, a digital learning expert, um, you know, would have, would have, I think, would have seen that um, coming. Um, you know, there's some recommendations in the past in terms of like some solutions and, and things that could be done at a, at a senior level, you know, there, there really does need to be some sort of um, uh, senior official, I argued for a deputy chancellor of digital learning should be instated uh, really immediately to help ensure not just that like, you know, that there's some semblance of something resembling learning and teaching going on, but really provide some instructional leadership and ensure that, you know, teachers, parents, students have the resources they need to learn, <clears throat> to learn well online, um, and not just to, you know, not just to do the, the sort of uh, the, the bare minimum. Um, and I think that that's, that's something that could still, uh, that the Department of Education has yet to act on. And I hope that it's something they're seriously considering. But, but what do we do as parents, right? So right now, if you're a parent or if you're a teacher too, like what do you do in this moment where, um, you know, there's all of this concern around Zoom and, you know, but you've been using it or you've seen your child using it and it, and it really does, works really well. So what do you, what kind of sense do you make out of that? Well, there are a few things that I would, um, I would suggest that you, you could do. So um, number one, if if you're a school leader um, or a teacher, like your school really should be switching to Google Meet or to Microsoft Teams or something comparable. Um, both with Google Meet, for example, it's part usually for schools, it's part of something broader called the Google, uh, Google Apps for Education. And Google Apps for Education requires that users would sign in um, before using any of their services. So if you're using Google Classroom, you have Google Apps for Education, in which case you should be using Google Meet um, because it's going to require that students are logged in and that reduces dramatically the possibility that anybody who's not supposed to be there is going to be able to be there at a meeting, at a video conference. Similar, And that's very similar with Microsoft Teams. Um, the New York City Department of Ed uh, uses Microsoft greatly. And so I believe that's one of the other main platforms that's been made available to schools. Um, whatever service you're using, you should, you know, you, you should take a link to a meeting, let's say that you want to use with your students, and you should put it into an incognito browser, and you should see whether or not you can access the meeting when it's live, um, without having to log in. That's like the main, that's the main test. That's all it is really. Um, and you shouldn't be able to. Um, and then just taking that one step, you're going to ensure that, you know, students have a bit more uh, of a private, uh, a private kind of learning experience to which they're entitled. Um, I would also add to that that if um, if you are also considering like other other kinds of models that might not rely so heavily on Zoom, or if you've tried doing some of these, uh, if you've tried using, you know, uh, other services like Google Meet before, and it like it wasn't as smooth or slick as Zoom, I would also encourage you to like keep it, keep that like kind of in its place, because the the at the end of the day, like Zoom, it's making it so convenient because it's it's like 
just disregarding basic privacy features. Um, in addition, you know, it might take some additional support to help everyone get comfortable on something like Google Meet or Microsoft Teams. But the fact is, like, it's at least it's more secure, um, and at least everyone can feel a bit more comfortable um, in terms of like the the privacy of students of minors. Remember who are um, who are participating. If, uh, as a parent, uh, I would encourage you to try my little Zoom experiment. So again, if your child's, if a child's teacher is using Zoom, um, then take that child's link. And when they're in session, when their session has started with their teacher, go to an incognito or a private browser. Um, and I'll link to how to do that in the show notes in case it's not clear. Paste the link, um, go click on it see if it lets you into zoom if it asks you for your name i just put guest um because i also i didn't want if students were to see it for a split second i didn't want them to like be freaked out that there was someone they didn't know per se that guest is a little more or less alarming um and you know and, and see if if it works for you too that'll give you a sense of the security levels on your schools um on your school zoom account um, and if it is the case that you can get in like I did, it's completely appropriate to message the school principal and teachers um, to and ask them to address this. There's, you know, there are ways to set up Zoom meetings, so they do require passcodes and things like that. So you could do that as a, um, you know, as a protection measure if you wanted to keep using Zoom. Um, again, I think the most secure, based on my experiences, is you know, if a school has Google Apps for Education, they should be using Google Meet, honestly, and to you know, and to figure out how to make it work as best as possible. But at least then you. You know that you are containing all the possible people who would be at the meeting to those who are already a part um, of your community. And so I think there's there's considerably less risk there. All right, that's all for this episode, but our engagement doesn't have to stop here. As per usual, we have lots of resources and tools over at InsideSchools.org where you can find our independent reviews of city schools and also sign up for our weekly newsletter. I've also added a newsletter link in the show notes below. You'll find us pretty active as well over on our Facebook page. Um, if you haven't liked that yet or you know started to follow us there, you should because there's lots of engagement, lots of people um, who are kind of all, all a part of that. And, and you can get into some interesting conversations with other parents and teachers. And also we're, we're also um, pretty active over on Twitter. Um, finally, please consider subscribing to our podcast. Um, and if the spirit moves you, leave us feedback. As always, it means a lot. The podcast is in the early days here, and you're, you know, we've gotten feedback already um, in a whole bunch of different ways from listeners, and, and we really do take it into account. We respond when we can. So um, if the spirit moves you, please do uh, leave us some feedback. Uh, it, it helps. Until next time, I'm Tom Liam Lynch, and I'll see you online.